every. All right, we smiled for the thumbnail. Uh, let me see what else I can do here. I'm live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. I am live on YouTube on Comedy Schools and in three, in two, in one. I'm live on Facebook Live. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages. My name is Tony Visick, and you know what time it is. What time is it? It is uh, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Arizona Time, which is actually Pacific Time right now. You figure it out. You're smart people. We've all had a public education. This show is called Living on a Thin Line. It is your daily reprieve from all the anger, anxiety, and hoopla going on in the world today. Uh, it's where we just take a little break and uh, have a little diversion. Have a little diversion. We have a little diversion at your discretion. At your discretion, we have a little diversion. Um, I would like to tell you I got a lot to talk about today. But I haven't really done much since I saw you yesterday. I think I'm doing what a lot of people are doing, but not enough, unfortunately. I've been doing what a lot of people are doing, which is I'm pretty much staying kind of in my bubble, staying in my deal. I, mean, it's, I got my own little NBA thing going here, not letting too many people in the bubble. You know, certainly communicating with people um, via uh, social media. Certainly, uh, hold on, I got all kinds of things popping up here on the screen, and I can't see you, uh, but I've been pretty much staying in the bubble. I had a great show Friday night with a, a whole group of very funny people called Class Clowns. Hello, Champ de Blasio. Hello, Randy. Hello, Tina and Mike Lawson. Hello, everybody. Uh, we're going to have a good half hour today. I got some fun stuff to talk to you about. I have one artist, musically one, and one alone, and Champ, I have a funny feeling that you will uh, like this guy. I've talked about this guy on my show before. Matter of fact, uh, I've talked about him a lot. Matter of fact, I used to listen to one of his records every Sunday back a few years ago when I had an uh, office in town. When I used to go in town and go to the office, uh, and Sundays were my day off, I would relax here in this office listening to this guy and call, see if it's Sunday, it must be. But we're going uh, to feature two of his albums today, and we've got some cool stuff to show you as well. Uh, I believe that the uh, St. Louis Cardinals baseball organization was supposed to play today, and they had to postpone it due to a couple of their uh, players testing positive for coronavirus. And, of course, we all know the Florida Marlins had like half the team. Now, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. Something like 11 members test positive for coronavirus. And this seems to be a uh, growing issue in Major League Baseball as Major League Baseball tries to have a season, which I'm grateful for, which I'm sure you're grateful for. It is a little strange looking at the cardboard cutouts in the stands. Yes, it truly is. Uh, but still, it's better than nothing. But as they try to uh, have a season, they seem to... Uh, by Monday, they may, tomorrow, they may uh, cancel the season. They may have to. Just too many people getting sick. Now, the NBA, on the other hand, has been very strict. It's almost like a tail, two tails that we can all kind of uh, gather something from. The NBA has been very strict about its quarantine. And no matter how good the player, no matter how important they are to a team, and I'm talking about Sweet Lou Williams, you know, several times six man of the year, 
extremely important to uh, not so much the Clippers playoffs, hope Los Angeles Clippers, but to uh, when they're in the playoffs, because they're going to the playoffs. They're second in their division. They've got six more games to play uh, in this little preliminary round before the playoffs begin. But uh, Lou Williams broke quarantine. Was seen at a strip club. Nothing against his lifestyle. Matter of fact, the strip club he was seen at, he is such a regular there that there's a, uh, some chicken wings named after him. And that's kind of funny. And you know what? Any other time you go, yeah, good for you, Lou. Young guy, man, rich guy. Yeah, you know, you're out there doing your young guy thing. Get it. But not during this time. So Lou can't play. He can't play for uh, maybe he can start in another game. They've been very strict with the NBA about their quarantine and therefore have been able to keep staff and players in management. They've been able to keep them all. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that in a second, uh, Tina and Mike. I am. Um, they've been able to play. So here's what we seem. Uh, and then I read this morning about a cruise ship that sailed for the first time. And immediately, one case of coronavirus detected. So this half-ass thing ain't working. It ain't working. And let's be honest. Even those of us who have been super strict about quarantine have done some things that have taken some chances. We've done some things that have taken some chances. Maybe we all got together at a party of 100 people crammed into like a studio apartment and danced the night away. But, you know, might have seen loved ones, might have stood a little closer when we talked to them, okay? At the store, lingering in an aisle a little long, okay? So we all been doing our acceptable risk, but there's been egregious and stupid risk. And here's what is now plain to see. It's as plain as this New York Yankees Official batting practice cap is on my head. That we're going to have to get serious about this lockdown. This half-ass stuff isn't working. Here's the problem in America today. You know the problem in America today? We have no plan. There is no plan. And anyone who tells me that they think, you know, the idea of things work without a plan, that is a fiction of screenwriters. Do you realize how many movies are written to make people feel good about the fact that they don't have much education or that they don't uh, have much intelligence. Hey, you're just a dumb guy with a dream. And later on, he was playing rock and roll. You know? You know, and that can happen. That can happen in rock and roll. You can be an idiot. Although it has always been my, um, my experience that most people who are successful in even artistic endeavors are uh, pretty smart people. There's some really stupid ones. It's true. There's some really stupid ones. Uh, they're usually not as smart as the characters they played. I met Martin Sheen several times. He can never be president of the United States. And I like Martin Sheen. I think Martin Sheen's more qualified to be president of the United States than Donald Trump. And Martin Sheen couldn't be president of the United States. You know? A lot of guys play army generals, play army men. We're never in the army. But they're good at telling the story with their bodies and their faces and stuff. Okay? But this whole idea of, you know what? It'll just go away. You know what? We're just going to pray it away. We're going to pray away the gay and the coronavirus. It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. And people go, you say, you know, Dr. Fauci this and Dr. Burks that, and, you know, and Bill Gates this. But the fact of the matter is people are getting this virus and dying. I just read that the, um, and it's like weird things you read now. The guy who was the drummer on Linda Ronstadt's solo album, a guy named Mike McGee, and um, kind of a legend in the greater Phoenix area 
uh, 72 years old. He died of the coronavirus. And I'm sick and goddamn tired. Of as soon as someone dies, somebody goes, well, how old were they? How old were they? Um, uh, did they have any other illnesses? You know, and now this latest idiocy, like with poor pathetic Herman Cain, the first half of Herman Cain's life is one of the great American stories from poverty and nothing. An African-American man in segregated America working his way up to be a CEO, taking over a, a almost dead pizza company, Godfather Pizza, and turning it into one of the largest, most successful chains in the nation. That is a story we want to hear. But then the story of his presidential candidacy and of his wacky, weird ideas. You know, he, he served on the Federal Reserve Board. And even the guys who served him, well, what is this, 999? And how he became just a shill for hard right-wing conspiracy theories. So much that he began believing them himself. And then he went to that rally. And then he died of coronavirus. And I saw people go, well, yeah, but he had cancer too. Yes, but if he hadn't got coronavirus, he'd still probably be alive. He had cancer, but he got coronavirus. So when someone dies of coronavirus, they have died of coronavirus. That is all. Now, granted, most people who get it don't die, but some stay sick for a very long time. Some who get it and then spread it to others who do die. So the point of all of this, and I'm sorry that, you know, usually I'm, I'm being a goofball on the show. Today I'm not being a goofball. Is that we need a national plan, a real plan. We need scientists and doctors and epidemiologists to sit down and make up a real plan for America. Just like in World War II. Yes, Franklin Roosevelt was president of the United States. But he had generals like Eisenhower and Patton and even Curtis LeMay. You know? Other great ones, Marshall, General Marshall. And they got together and they came up with plans and strategies and presented them to the president. And he goes, we're going to win this war. Total war, total defeat of this evil and hate and imperialism. And that's what they did. And that's what we need. And that's what we ain't got. So, uh, man, I hope Major League Baseball can figure a way out of these thickets. I look forward to finishing being able to watch NBA all the way to the finals. Okay? But until we have a national, the longer it goes that we don't have a national plan, the longer it'll be before... You could all go to a big concert again. Long it'll be before, you think you're going to have Thanksgiving this year? Really? You can get like 30 people in your house on Thanksgiving? Some of them gotten the flu anyway? Some have a cold? The longer we go without a plan, you know the saying, fail to plan, plan to fail. And that's what America's plans, that's what seems to be this administration's plan right now. Fail to plan. Plan to fail. They never wanted to face it. They lived in denial. All right. Boy, where did all that come from? It just came from, you know, it's the constant stupidity. The constant stupidity that I see coming all the way from the top on down. And it's making me, it's, it's, it's pissing me off, you know, because we see other countries pulling out of this. We see other countries being able to reduce it. But you want to send little kids to school, going, well, you know what? They, uh, they don't really, they're not a great transmitter of the disease. Really? They only have to be a poor transmitter of the disease to still at least transmit the disease. 
You know, you only have to be an okay transmitter of the disease to still transmit the disease and then transmit it to somebody who's a really good transmitter of the disease. And that's how this kind of stuff works. Highly contagious, easily contracted, oftentimes deadly disease. That's what's going on. And the only way to get a handle on it till we get an effective treatment and an effective vaccine, if the plan is just let a half million or a million people die and then we'll have a vaccine, well, that's a bad plan. That is a bad plan. You know what? Over 100... <laughs> I got to transition out of this. Over 150,000 Americans have died due to coronavirus. And if you're one of those going, yeah, but uh, I don't know, those numbers are inflated and sometimes they get paid more. All right, let's cut it in half for you conspiracy kooks. For you little conspiracy kooks, let's cut it in half. 75,000. You know what? Let's lock 25,000 off of that. Since in this year alone, the year 2020, since March, basically, Let's say only a third. Will you give me a third, conspiracy freaks? Give me a third going, yeah, well, Herman Cain, he had cancer too, and this other guy was 85, and, you know, and, and one guy, he had, a, you know, he had kind of a compromised immune system. Give me 50. 50,000 Americans died since March of coronavirus. That's fucking Vietnam numbers, man. That's how many people died in the entire Vietnam War. Shit, if we're going to accept 150,000 deaths, we might as well go back to Vietnam and finish off the job. When we, as a country, went with a war without a plan, there was a plan, but we didn't really told it. It's a complicated thing, the whole uh, Cold War and the strategy of containment and what was going on, the mishandling and mistakes that all went into that war. But after about 50,000 people, the whole country went, enough, enough. There were people during the Vietnam War who were um, really pro-Vietnam War until all of a sudden they noticed, they go, somebody said, hey, your boys are getting bigger than graduating high school in a couple of years. And they went, yeah, how are the grades? Okay, oh, they might get drafted, huh? And people were just watching television going, there's no plan. We're going to stop sending people over to die because there's no plan. But hell, if we're going to be having no plan jam here, if we're going to accept higher than 50,000 deaths in one year, when 50,000 was the entire, for the entire Vietnam experience, the entire Vietnam War from the early 60s all the way up into the early 70s for the United States, and 10 years, 10 years of shooting in the jungle, and 50,000 Americans died. If we're going to accept 50,000, we might as well just go finish the job in Vietnam. What do you say? Let's all saddle up. I'm not advocating for reinvading uh, Vietnam, by the way, but you just see how ridiculous all this is. Champ de Blasio says, you're 100% right. How can they justify putting uh, not only kids and teachers in jeopardy, but the bus drivers, the cafeteria workers, the janitors, and the parents? You're absolutely right. Those of you who are older, who are risking seeing your grandchildren, and I know there's a lot of us out there, those of you who are older, who have children who are teachers, and you're seeing them, and I know you're out there. How are you going to feel about it when they're going to work every day and they're sitting in a room like a, a, a grade school teacher with 30 kids all day for eight hours? Are they a high school teacher and they're being exposed to, what, 150 
students a day. And it's just in their room. You can be able to see them then. You can be able to love them, hug them, laugh with them. It's like they're making it worse on purpose. Okay. All right. That's enough of that. Uh, this show is based on three things, ladies and gentlemen. It is based on, it is based on your questions and comments. When you put them up here on Facebook Live, on YouTube, on the Comedy Schools channel, or on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, we normally show you some knick-knack, curio, oddity, uh, autographs, some memorabilia that I have laying around here in the home office, and we try to weave a story around it. And we recommend uh, two artists or pieces of music based on our vast vinyl album collection. Um, how much time do I have? All right. I'll just go to this real quick. This is something I found. Um, it's a Rolling Stone magazine. It's a Rolling Stone magazine, okay? And who is that? No, it's not the current occupant of the White House. Don't say that. Who said that? <laughs> That's a Darth Vader. That's Darth himself. This is a Rolling Stone from... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is a Rolling Stone magazine from June 2nd, 2005. So just a little over 15 years ago. If you want to start feeling old... By the way, Rolling Stone came out in the 60s. It started in the 60s. By the time this magazine came out, it was already a bit of a stodgy publication. You know? Uh, and they fish... Uh, you know, and who they... Um, who are they featuring here on the cover? Uh, System of a Down, which is a pretty good kind of industrial, industrial rock band, if you remember them. All right? The Cult of Darth Vader. Here, the whole thing was... The Cult of Darth Vader, the creator, George Lucas, the Rolling Stone interview, interview Rolling, uh, George Lucas, the secrets of the men who played him, the obsession, worshiping, and dark side by Kevin Smith, plus a stone. The Rolling Stones unveiled their 2005 tour. You want to know how sustainable the Rolling Stones are? How many bands that were popular 15 years ago can still draw a crowd? How many can draw a crowd in a stadium? I'm going to tell you. How many bands were popular 15 years ago? You can still draw a crowd in a stadium. I'm going to name two. The Rolling Stones and the Grateful Dead. Now, 2005, the Stones, I mean, the Dead weren't touring a lot. They did some stuff 2003, 2004. But they came back with a vengeance later on and are selling out stadiums. The Rolling Stones in 2005 unveiled their tour. And they were relics then to a lot of people. And uh, Shirley and I just uh, uh, saw them um, last spring out here in Phoenix. The Cream Reunion report, report and Springsteen on the Road. So these are good little documents. If you got them laying around, what things were like. I've collected a lot of Rolling Stone magazines. Some magazines I throw away. I just get too many of them. But uh, here was, in, in the back too, they always have something. Here are the top 40 albums in 2005. Nine Inch Nails. Not really around anymore. Mariah Carey, not really around anymore. Rob Thomas, not really around anymore. 50 Cent, not really around anymore. I mean, you know, so 50 Cent does other stuff business-wise. Mariah Carey will never hurt for money. Uh, Trent Reznor is uh, uh, a, a brilliant artist. But, you know, these guys, uh, Bruce Springsteen, still around. Uh, John Williams, stars, uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, not Star Trek. Episode 3, that was number 6. Number seven, Gwen, Gwen Stefani, not really around anymore. Uh, number eight was uh, Il Devo, I don't know who that was. Number nine, Fall Out Boy, not really around anymore. Ten was Mike Jones, who is Mike Jones, and I don't think we've ever answered that. By the way, number 40 was uh, 
Fantasia, Free Yourself. 39 was Sugarland, which was a country band. 38 was Faith Evans, still kind of around. Okay. The number 25 album was by Keith Urban, still kind of around. But you see my point. Music doesn't last long. Five, ten artists don't last long. Music lasts forever. Okay, but Springsteen has lasted. Stones have lasted. Dead have lasted. Yeah, people like Faith Hill have lasted. Garth Brooks can come back and do well. For the most part, man, it's one to three years, a couple albums. But two things that have lasted that were in here, of course, were uh, Tom DeLay was the, uh, the right-wing Republican senator they wrote an article about. That son of a bitch ended up in jail, and rightfully so. But Star Wars has remained eternal. Star Wars has remained eternal. Bruce Springsteen has. Two things that were mentioned in 2005. By the way, uh, Star Wars, the first album came out in the se- uh, first movie came out in the 70s. Uh, Springsteen started in the 70s. So good stuff. You know, there's always this thing about the 70s. Oh, terrible decade for music. Springsteen came out of the 70s, okay? Uh, the Sex Pistols came out of the 70s. Uh, Willie Nelson and uh, Waylon Jennings and the whole outlaw country music came out of the 70s. So it was good stuff, and good stuff will last. Sometimes good stuff doesn't last. Good stuff will. But Darth Vader, who was already... Star Wars was already a mature franchise in 2005. Springsteen was already a mature uh, artist in 2005. Have stuck around all the way till now. And this guy stuck around till he died. And we're going to feature two of his albums here. And a guy who outlasts almost everybody and still outlasts because at a certain point in your life, you start listening to him and go, this is good. Mr. Francis Albert Sinatra. Now, if you were a kid like me growing up in the 60s, you didn't like Frank Sinatra. And you didn't like Frank Sinatra because Frank Sinatra didn't like you. That music's junk. It's a bunch of junk. It's just a bunch of monkeys jumping around making jungle noises. It's not an exact quote, but he kind of said this, said that. But uh, like a lot of things, you know what it was with uh, those of us that were counterculture kids in the late 60s, early 70s? We liked a lot of people who hated us. We went, oh, well, what the hell? We still like him. Merle Haggard came out for Oki from Muskogee. You know, we don't wear our hair long in Muskogee. We're still getting high going, it's pretty good stuff. We heard the rebel. We heard the outlaw in Merle. You know, Big Brother and the Holding Company, after Janis Joplin left, even wrote a song about it called I'll Change Your Flat Tire Merle, about if they saw Merle Haggard broke down on the side of the road, they'd still pull over and uh, help him uh, change his tire and the chorus was, uh, you're hunky, I know, but Merle, you got soul. So I'll, I'll change your flat tire, Merle. Sinatra was a lot like that, a curmudgeon, you know, a real bastard, a lot of people said. And at the same time, really wonderful. That's an interesting thing. Frank Sinatra did a lot for race relations in America. Frank Sinatra did a lot for race relations in America. Frank Sinatra raised a lot of money for charity. Frank Sinatra helped a lot of people. Frank Sinatra actually cheated on every woman that he was ever with and could be a complete asshole to you and fire you on the spot if you looked at him funny in the recording studio. A complex man. By the way, you think of Frank Sinatra as always famous, always around. You think of Frank Sinatra of uh, Ring-a-Ding-Ding, Ring-a-Ding-Ding. On this album, Swing Easy, which was two complete albums, and uh, it's got these songs on it. The Girl Next Door, you don't remember that one. They Can't Take That Away From Me. Great timeless version by him. Voice for your, uh, 
Violets for Your Furs, don't know that one. Girl, little, I know these songs, but they weren't famous. Little Girl Blue, uh, Like Someone in Love, Foggy Day. His version of I Get a Kick Out of You. Great version of that Cole Porter tune. Sinatra sang a lot of Cole Porter. My Funny Valentine, great version of that. Jeepers Creepers, kind of a pop hit. Uh, his version of Taking a Chance on Love, which really swung, baby. Uh, and his version here is also of just one of those things. If you want to listen to sophisticated, cool, swinging music with a beat that you could fall in love to, hum to, whistle to, almost sing or dance to, it's got to be Sinatra. But Sinatra wasn't always a big star. Here's what it says on the back of this double album, an early idea, Nelson Riddle being the arranger and conductor. Here's what it says. You'll get a kick out of this. This is about Frank Sinatra. When you get to be my age, when you get to be Dickie Palmer's age, hey, Dickie, when you get to be Champ de Blasio's age, when you get into your 60s, but way earlier than that, sometimes your 20s and 30s, you're looking at music earlier years ago, it's stupid music, it's ugly, it's dumb music. How, when do they even see that guy? You know, making fun of the way kids look. Little skinny kid. Champ de Blasio says, my relatives grew up, growing up, I always remember seeing that they had his photograph on the wall someplace. Yeah, he was a great Italian. People forget that Italians were a discriminated against group of people. When I heard Tucker Carlson, that thing, on his dad, I didn't watch his show, but that he called Barack Obama a greasy politician. It made my blood boil. And I remembered that a long time ago, that was a put down that was put down of Italian Americans greasy with their oily hair you see it in the godfather too when the senator's talking to uh michael corleone go you people come here with your your oily skin and your greasy hair to our clean country sinatra actually did a uh, anti-discrimination short film all the way in the 40s where kids were picking on an italian kid but it was a long journey for him this is what it says on the back of the album you get a kick out of this Time was when Frank Sinatra's fame rested on the fact that he was a guy for whom millions of teenage girls squealed whenever he made an appearance or raised his voice in song. He was Frankie Boy. He was the voice. And if you weren't one of the squealers, then maybe you sat around laughing at the comedians who made jokes about Sinatra being so skinny he had to sing from behind the band so he wouldn't get blown away. That was about Frank Sinatra. That could be about Justin Bieber. That could have been about Elvis. That could have been about the Beatles. That could have been about any boy band or pop group that comes along that all of a sudden an older generation goes, well, they're skinny and squealy. What is that? What, what girls like him? Unfortunately, Sinatra became one of those, you know, going, what is that? That's not even good music. It happens. It happens to the best of us. It happened to Elvis when the Beatles came along worshiping Elvis, going, oh, oh you know, what that kind of music, what kind of noise is that they're making there? I hate that Robert Goulet. But uh, if you're looking for something you can, the great thing about Sinatra is you almost feel like you can sing it because he sang so effortlessly, so breathlessly, just breathing. It was just one of those things. Just stunning. And then all of a sudden, he'll knock you out with some note. Comes out of nowhere. Go back and listen to some early Sinatra. I was going to talk about some later Sinatra today, but I used up the... Uh, First half hour of the show, pontificating on serious matters. I uh, hope you didn't mind it. 
But go back and, uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a primer on Sinatra or you're forgetting how good he was, if you're just hearing some of his big hits, go back and uh, YouTube, I get a kick out of you and they can't take that away from me by Sinatra. Okay, and I think both of those are Cole Porter tunes. Right? I can check. You know what? It should say so in the album. Shall we? Shall we check? Let's do that. I got to get it out. It's in here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Just one of those things. Yeah, just one of those things, a Cole Porter tune. Okay. Uh, what else here? Oh, All of Me is on here too. Great version of All of Me. Although my favorite version of All of Me is by Willie Nelson. Boy, that'll blow a lot of people away. Um, oh, you know what's weird? I am sorry. Even though, because, you know, I buy these and I have them around for years. Uh, it's a different album in here. It's a different album here. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a Sinatra album. <laughs> That's funny. You know what's in here? I got to tell you, it's another great album. All right. Is... Uh, the songs for young lovers, okay, young lovers, and uh, my funny Valentine's on here. Uh, like someone in, uh, like someone in love is a great one, and yeah, they can't take that away from me. The way you wear your hat. That's a George Gershwin tune. So Sinatra also breathed life in the '40s and '50s and '60s. And his songs are written in the '20s and '30s. Anyway, look. You know, listen to Frank Sinatra. What can I tell you? Stay safe, for goodness sakes. We don't have that big of an audience, so I can't afford to lose a single one of you. Please stay safe, okay? Wear a mask. Wear gloves. Don't go out and do anything foolish as much as you want to sometime. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Arizona time, your time, anytime. Anytime is the right time. My name is Tony Visick. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.